0: Hello everybody, and welcome to the Discusplication Conflagration. Here are your two amazing hosts. Nate Bradford and Stephen Ronquillo. Guys, take it away Hello, everybody. Yes, we're Yes, the show's coming out on a Thursday this week. It's because, well, one, Nate is getting to the age where naps are better than anything. That's funny, isn't it, Nate?
1: (laughs) We were kids were like,
0: I don't want no stinking naps. You can take them and shove them up your ass. And when
1: you get older, you're
0: like, oh, God, yes, this is better than anything. Come to me,
2: nap. (laughs) Yes, my my wife woke me up at My wife woke me up at 8.10 yesterday when I was dozing on the couch, and she was like, aren't you and Steven supposed to be doing your podcast right now? And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, terrible.
0: (laughs) (sighs) But, yeah, it happens to the best of us, especially when we start to get old.
2: Well, I would not I, I would not consider myself one of the best of us, but I do exist, so I guess that counts. Yeah. <laughs> I am alive.
0: <laughs> I love it that we're living in a post COVID age, but they're still judging movie performances on the pre COVID standard.
2: Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but Abby and I went to the movies on Sunday, and mm. it's kind of strange. Um, the sign on the door to, the, to our local movie theater says, wear a mask if you are not fully vaccinated or if you feel uncomfortable around people who, wear, who aren't wearing masks. Now,
0: Or if you're a Democrat.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Abby and I are both fully vaccinated, so we don't feel like we need to wear masks in most places. But we still carry masks with us all the time, just in case, uh, you know, some of the places we go require masks uh but yeah cuz uh, uh,
0: the game stop my local game stop when i got this aliens uh, it ripley power loader they're back to you have to wear masks to shop there
2: yeah there there are places around here that that require masks again like 100% um they just passed a new law here in Maine where they say if you're fully vaccinated, you have a choice whether or not you want to wear a mask. But I mean, and it, you and I talked about this last week, like everyone's so um like uptight about the masks and the vaccinations. It's like, why can't we just show our vaccination cards and say, hey, I'm vaccinated, you know, like no, nope, but people because don't want to do that. Because All
0: at, because motherfuckers are copying, are yeah, they're making forgeries.
2: Yeah, I've, yeah I have yeah I saw that on the news this morning. Uh, college kids, uh, like the 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 COVID uh, proof is the new uh, fake ID now. Like, well, you know, like. Holy cow, it's it, this is so ridiculous. Like, how did we get to this point in our society? Like, it's it. How uh, hard is it to just, you know, like,
0: we're that spoiled yeah. over here in America. We're spoiled and we're ignorant.
2: Well, not all of us I mean, 50% of Americans are vaccinated Against a disease that's killing off 50% of the population of the world So let's just effing do it Like, come on (laughs) Yeah, this
0: should be like in the days of polio Where there wasn't no questions No ifs, no ands, or buts You are taking the motherfucking shot Or else
1: Yeah. You can't shop. You can't
0: work. You will be fired. Yeah. Oh, Uh, they shouldn't bar me over that. That's against my rights. I would love to see have these motherfuckers write down on a big ass piece of paper, Nate. Their rights.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) My rights. (laughs) I don't have to get uh, vaccination against a disease that's killing off half the planet—that's my right as a Merkin.
1: <laughs>
2: like for crying out loud, man! This is just ridiculous. Talking about Suicide Squad. Well, yeah. let me tell you, we got a we got a Suicide Squad running half the country right now. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, at least been- they're on. At least they're going on suicide. Uh personally yeah. I uh uh I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna keep going with the vaccine. Uh that that that's my choice. Uh Yeah. You
0: know. And they're saying, Oh Lord, the suicide squad, it's got twelve percent people less watching than Mortal Kombat. Didn't Mortal <laughs> Kombat come out when everyone was forced to be at home and during the freaking pandemic period <laughs>
2: yeah i i i ended up watching mortal Kombat twice and it's not even a good movie <laughs>
0: oh i couldn't make it through i was like no i have i've got too many good kung fu fights in my room on uh, tv right? to watch this crap
2: <laughs> oh it's it's funny you should mention that because You know, you and I talk quite frequently about how we have all the streaming services so we can watch all the movies at home. Um, And again, mentioning Suicide Squad, I could have watched that on HBO Plus, but I have, uh, you know, certain movies I like to go watch on the big screen. When I think a movie is going to be fun on the big screen, I go to the movie theater. Um, But the funny thing about... uh, Mortal Kombat is, uh, and you and I have talked about this on the show before, and I'm not shy about mentioning it. Um, I was in rehab, uh, recovering from drug and alcohol addiction when I first saw combat. Um, it was one of the movies that I watched on uh, uh, on the HBO Plus or whatever streaming service had it there. Yeah, at, at HBO Detox. Max. Yeah. And then, so the thing about being in uh, rehab is different people come in on different days and then, you know, all you've got to do is sit in the day room and watch TV and drink coffee. You know, that's pretty much life in detox uh, and rehab. So, uh, yeah, I had to sit through Mortal Kombat and Godzilla versus Kong several times because new people would come in every day.
0: (laughs) That's not (laughs) a bad thing. Godzilla versus Kong is pretty damn good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I liked it, but you know, like, you know me, you and I are both, uh, collectors. We collect movies. We collect TV shows. We, we collect DVDs, Blu-ray VHS. We collect all that stuff, but I generally collect that stuff. Uh, in the assumption that it's going to be yanked off of one of my streaming services. So if I really want to see it again, I go out and buy a copy of it to make sure that I always have a copy right here on hand, but I don't watch it five days in a row, you know? Yeah. I've <laughs> you know never I mean?
0: understood that. You
2: got <laughs> uh, 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 fans, now are I'm
0: exploitation su- fans. I love them, but they're like, uh, I watch Halloween the original once every four months because I love it
2: that much. It's not a movie yeah, I
0: love that much.
2: Yeah, yeah, there there you know, uh again, I am contractually obligated to mention Quentin Tarantino every show. Um Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie of all time. I watch it once a year. That's it. Once a year. Like, I don't need to watch it more than that. Favorite movie, but once a year is enough to remind me, oh yeah, that's a great movie. I love it. Let's move on to new movies. Let's check out something that I haven't seen yet, you know?
0: Yeah, there's a reason I have my rooms covered. 90% of it is full of DVDs and blues and stacks of DVDs and Blu-rays.
2: <laughs> right yeah Yeah. but like no it's like i always tell abby you know anytime i buy a dvd or a blu-ray or even you know i uh, i i famously collect a vhs i have a huge vhs collection uh but generally the vhs that i collect is stuff that never made it to dvd or blu-ray just just uh, kind of obscure movies, the kind of stuff that we talk about on this show in general. uh, I'll grab a VHS tape at a thrift store or a flea market or something because I know I'm never going to see it anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. For instance. Oh, no. Uh, Like, for instance, right now, I'm watching Dead Pit uh, while we're talking. And you know Dead Pit. I don't think Dead Pit ever made it to anywhere beyond VHS.
0: No, I um, made it to DVD. You're going to have to pay an insane amount for it nowadays cuz it's out of print, but yeah. I
2: I I actually have the Dead Pit VHS where you push the button on the box and the zombie's eyes light up. Yeah. That's the DVD <laughs> uh the
0: DVD a uh, demon wind on VHS with the 3D lenticular cover, where the demon just pops out of the window.
2: Oh, nice. And, nice!
0: and the talking Frankenhooker box are really three of the most expensive boxes you can get, besides the big box sluts.
2: Yeah, I, I'm there's, I'm always looking for Buried Alive in big box VHS. Um, that may not be the title that you, you know it under, but... Um, yeah, that's how I
0: first seen it. It's Buried Alive, a.k.a. Buyo Omega.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been looking for the big box version of that for a long time. and
0: uh, Those go for there pretty was many just a- because it has the back where... Well, that's when uh, Elvira and Thriller Video had their falling out because she said she's not going to host those two movies. They're disgusting. So on the back of the VHS is the whole spiel about how Vampire is too wussy to to host real horror films like this.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it is a pretty brutal – it is a pretty brutal movie. I. I mean, you know – it's not something I would suggest to someone. Uh, I- if you're not a fan of like gore, I wouldn't suggest it to you. I mean, come on, man! People get chopped up and thrown into acid baths and stuff like that. So yeah. it is a pretty brutal movie. It is a pretty who who direct who who directed that that uh, Joe Damato. Joe Damato. Yes, yes. I I was I was struggling and, to remember. I I yeah.
0: And of course, uh, Make Them Die Slowly, aka Cannibal Ferox is one of the most infamous of all of the cannibal films. Yeah,
2: I, but uh, that, I that I have a copy of Make Them Die Slowly on VHS, uh the big box version. Um that that that's nowhere near as insane as some of the other cannibal movies that came out around that time though. Uh nowhere near. I, I, I don't I don't think I don't think make them die slowly is that is that uh gory and gruesome at all. Uh cannibal holocaust is definitely the pinnacle of that. Mm-hmm whole series uh no, it's not a series but, uh, but one of my you know.
0: favorite all-time commentaries is on the b on the dvd of cannibal Ferox, and it is giovanni Lombardo radice aka john morgan totally destroying that movie i mean his first line of the commentary is this movie is a piece of shit
2: yeah yeah you know like i don't you know i don't often listen uh to to directors commentaries or just i i I don't generally listen to commentaries on movies uh at all uh it's just it's just like yeah i don't really care and you know i'd rather just watch the movie and then you and i can discuss it with our own commentary you know I don't. Yeah. I don't generally care. Yeah. Uh, sometimes but I'll listen to. It is
0: hilarious.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's just right?
0: hilarious. He's like totally destroying the way through
1: it. did then you have
0: uh, the Umberto Lindsay talking about how much of a high piece of art it is?
2: Oh no. 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 no, no. <laughs> uh, uh. And but when you the know uh,
0: of it came out. Uh they cut out the whole opening line of him saying this movie is a piece of shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, they probably <sighs> should have. Uh, I mean, uh you know, uh I mean, e- even like uh you know, I, I always feel bad, like um, Quentin Tarantino always says, oh, I'm only going to make 10 films, and uh, I don't want to make another movie that's worse than Death Proof. And it's like, well, that's kind of a shitty thing to say. I mean, you made the movie, and people worked well, hard on it. Like, funny.
0: Don't, don't uh When it first came out, and when it flopped, Quentin tells like oh Jackie Brown's my worst movie. And then people start loving it and he's like, "Yes, it's a great movie. It has a great cult following."
1: <laughs> right? You can't
0: stand the lose. I never understood he's, that.
2: He's the he's the uh he's the Donald Trump of filmmakers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. what oh, I was uh, talking to at the first is uh, yes, uh, the Suicide Squad came out and God, is it fun? It's very R-rated, so that's another theater is that you can't show your kids it. I want to see. It's got Harley Quinn. It's got the DC heroes. No, no kids should not watch this one. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, well, I, I have to speak to that. Um, so I, I told uh, my wife, Abby, that I wanted to go see Suicide Squad on the big screen. Uh, and I showed her the trailer. Now, the trailer for Suicide Squad pretty much makes it look like it's going to be a fun comedy superhero movie. Which it so is. My, it is, but it's also extremely ultra-violent, and my wife hates that stuff. She does and not filthy. like blood and, blood and <laughs> gore. Yeah. yeah. How many other so,
0: superhero comic book movies has a tranny <laughs> bar, has a transsexual bar in it?
2: <laughs> <The lady laughs> with the, right? Yeah. So when the movie ended... Uh, the lights came up and I turned to my wife and I was like, that was fun. And I got the, I got the daggers. I got the eye daggers <laughs> like, no, no, uh, she yeah, did not enjoy actually, that. Yeah. She did. She, she, she said her favorite thing about the movie was, uh, was, uh, the rat. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: That rat's awesome. Is that rat waving <laughs> hi to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, but nobody ever shook hands with the rat no matter how many times he tried. And she was like, well, yeah, that's uh, kind of bad. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, if you remember at the very end, right before the credits, Bloodsport did pet it.
2: Yeah, Bloodsport did pet him at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But what's uh, funny is, were you expecting that brutal a massacre of all the... They spend, this is spoiler territory, they spend the first 10 minutes setting up this entire group. And you get to like these people in just under 10 minutes. And then every one of them, except for two, get brutally massacred in the most violent ways you could think of.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, I was actually really surprised. Again, spoiler uh, for people who haven't seen it, but I was really surprised that like Pete Davidson's character died off so quickly because he was featured prominently in the, in the trailers. So yeah. I, thought good, I thought he was gonna, I thought he was going to be part of the actual like main. I, I mean, I, I knew when I saw the setup for like, you're saying the first 10 minutes, I knew all those characters were going to die because they weren't, Featured in the trailer predominantly as the suicide squad, you know, so
1: yeah.
2: I, I knew we were going to get a second suicide squad, but I, I, yeah, I didn't realize that Pete Davidson's character was going to die off so quickly because I was like, wait a second. He's like <laughs> one of the main people in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: and Bill, the cat. Oops. I mean, weasel.
2: <laughs>
0: and yes, James Gunn has come out and said that he based Weasel's entire character on Bill the Cat from Bloom County
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nice, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. that makes sense and With the I eyes bugging that.
0: out and him going <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wolfie, that's one of the
0: first Dark funny minutes of the movie is when you see the scene where everyone jumps in the water, and all of a sudden, bah! and then did anyone check to see if Weasel could swim?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and, and and you know what? That's funny. You should say that because um part of the reason why Abby thought she would like the film is because she loves the uh the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which were also directed by James Gunn. So she thought Suicide Squad would be, you know, kind of like a fun extension of that. Uh yeah, she was I not guess expecting you
0: have, uh, Kept Her from Super and uh Tromeo and Juliet haven't you?
2: Yeah, and I've never yeah, I've never shown uh yeah, uh, yeah, I have never shown her Tromeo and Juliet. I've never shown her shown her super and I've never shown her Slither. No- nope, none of those. Nope. <laughs>
0: Slither is fun, but still. This is more like super and Tromeo and Juliet. I mean, if you notice, uh on the TV behind them, when they first show Bloodshot and Ratcatcher two walking through the female thing, The Toxic Avenger
2: is playing on TV. Oh, I didn't. I did not notice that. I've 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 watched this movie twice now, and I did not notice that.
0: Yeah. course, yeah. Lloyd Kaufman's in the tranny bar, transsexual bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I noticed that, and. But that's another funny thing too. So when when I saw the Lloyd Kaufman cameo, I was like, Oh, there's Lloyd Kaufman and Abby was like, Who? I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, you don't need you don't need to know. (laughs) You're not gonna like any of his movies. (laughs) Even though I have a whole long
0: choice. You got these people (laughs) you followed through the first ten minutes and then all of a sudden people who have died comes on the soundtrack and it shows you with their movie credits it pans over their bodies while their
2: <laughs> <on screen laughs> <credits
0: are on. laughs>
2: yeah yeah that movie had a great soundtrack and uh that actually reminds me of um so when when edgar wright was filming baby driver and uh, Quentin Tarantino was doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, and James Gunn was working on uh, this movie, the three of them talked back and forth to make sure that none of them were using the same songs in their movies. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I mean... But then you meet the Suicide Squad popper and they're all likable. They're murdering scumbags, but they're (laughs) likable.
2: Yeah, yeah. um, You know, uh, there are lots of movies over the course of, you know, film history where you get one anti-hero. Like, let's talk about, like, Charles Bronson in Death Wish. You know, it's like, yeah, he's killing people and it's violent and it's vicious, but he's doing it for the right reason, you know? And uh you know, same thing with like apocalypse now. Like, you know, we we've, we've got an anti- you know, we you know, we've got an anti-hero, someone who's you know, not necessarily a murderer, but they're they're fulfilling, you know, that they they need this needs to be done kind of thing. And suicide squad is a lot like that. And I feel like this version of suicide squad did a much better version than David Ayers version, which I felt like.
0: I I liked it. But when you see something like suicide squad, you expect something like the first 10 minute massacre. You expect people to get killed. And pretty much no one yeah. got killed in the first squad except for one guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? Well, I feel like, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past, and it's like the reason why the Marvel movies have been so successful is because they're a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. And the DC movies have gone, like, into they, they're almost always just dark and dreary, you know. Um the last time DC had fun uh movies really was like the Tim Burton Batman Batman movies. Those were fun, you know, and yeah. they were they were still kind of dark and dangerous, but they were fun. Um but then DC yeah. just went off DC just went off in this dark direction And this this new Suicide Squad film Actually Kind of went back You know kind of launched itself Into like hey we're having fun with this You know like Yeah I'm sure
0: that Uh, DC was like Thank God that Marvel did that stupid thing And fired uh, James Gunn over them old tweets
2: (laughs) Right (laughs) Yeah yeah, I can see the board meeting right now. Hey guys, James Gunn's available. Let's get him.
0: <laughs> I mean, as quick as he went on Suicide Squad, it did seem that quick. It was like he <laughs> fired from uh, Marvel on Monday, and they had his ass working on Thursday.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I th- I I think this is what I think this is what the DC. Uh, universe needs uh, and you and I talked a couple weeks ago about like uh, Zack Snyder's uh, you know Zack Snyder's movies that he's done that have all been based on mostly been based on comic books I think with the exception of uh, he wrote one movie on his own but I think all the rest of his films have been based on comic books yeah uh, Zack Snyder
0: uh, is good, but he's just too damn dark.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's there's no joy in his movies. I mean, they're they're good. I mean, he has a visual style that I enjoy, and he's a he's good at. It. He gets a great cast. He gets great performances, but at the same time, it's just like, man, this is just a bummer. <laughs> like And it, is it I, like none of it may uh did
0: Stallone redeem himself after all of his crappy comic performances in the 90s with stuff like "Stopping Your Mom Can Shoot?
1: Because
0: <laughs> he was actually Stop. freaking hilarious in the Suicide Squad as King Shark.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I... And, and you know what? I'll tell you this much. Uh, as much as Abby didn't care for the movie, when we were leaving the theater, I was like, I didn't, see, uh, I didn't see Stallone in that movie at all. And she was like, he was King Shark. And I was like, oh.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Me
0: <laughs> am I, I, very I told- smart. Me read books. he didn't have many lines but when he did it was gold
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it was yeah it was good yeah Uh, so anyway for all of our listeners who have yeah who who have not who, who have not yet seen uh suicide squad it's available on HBO Max, but I think you should go see it on the big screen. It's a big screen movie. It's yeah. fun. It's exciting. But if you don't really like blood and gore, then probably just skip it because it is ultra violent.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Even Nate was probably not expecting it to be as violent as it was.
2: No, I was not. I was not. Uh, <laughs> nope.
0: It, it's uh, been I a was, long yeah. time since we've had this mainstream, a hard
2: R movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, Abby and I were talking about it when we got home, and I said, it kind of reminds me of uh, um, Planet Terror, like when we went to see Grindhouse. Uh, you know we knew that Planet Terror was going to be uh a zombie movie, but we didn't realize there were gonna be so many exploding heads and uh you know just you know stuff like that but yeah, suicide squad takes that up a whole nother level heads cut off, people torn in half uh exploding heads split uh night knives knives across the throat like yeah if if you don't like blood and gore you're not going to enjoy suicide squad
0: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> and, and
0: amazingly john cena was freaking great in this
2: i i wasn't surprised i uh john cena did, did you know this john cena actually uh wrote for Marvel Comics a couple years ago. Uh, after he retired from wrestling, he was actually a comic book writer for a while. So...
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But so I figured...
0: You know,
2: it's not the fact that he
0: was able to do his jokes without them, with a straight face.
2: <laughs> right, right.
0: He's like, yeah. I believe in peace and I don't care how many men and women I have to kill to achieve that <laughs> peace. <laughs> yeah.
2: I yeah. I I believe in peace and I don't care how many men, women and children I have to kill to get it.
0: <laughs> and of course him and his uh, tidy whiteys, what the hell was he doing in his uh, tidy whiteys in the middle of the freaking jungle?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a great visual. Uh, yeah, no, he, yeah. uh, He's got a good sense of humor. Like I said, um, it's weird that he was in suicide squad because he actually wrote for Marvel comics, but then he goes over to suicide squad for, for, uh, you know, for a DC movie, but I mean, he was, yeah, yeah. He was great in that. It was funny when, uh, when Abby and I were sitting through the credits because we knew there was going to be an end credit scene, I was like, there were only two other people in the theater. And I jokingly said, oh, for crying out loud, can we just see Deadpool and then get out of here? And one of the guys next to me was like, Deadpool's Marvel. This is DC.
0: Uh, Only thing I I really would have missed during the pre-COVID days is some parent bringing in her kids?
2: Oh gosh! I yeah. had to
0: happen in Deadpool. It was hilarious. Uh, him and the kid made it until the scene in Deadpool where they were uh, celebrating National Women's Day. And as soon <laughs> as that happened, she grabbed her kids and covered his eyes and said, "We're getting out of here."
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to warn people uh, after Deadpool. I tried to warn people like don't bring your kids to this. I know you think it's going to be another fun superhero movie in the in the Marvel universe, but this is for adults only. I promise you, don't
0: do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, they
0: even did a trailer for Deadpool's like kids, don't show up. This is adult time don't ruin our fun <laughs> stay at home
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh uh-huh.
0: but yeah i say that su- the suicide squad going to have legs to it unlike all these other like uh uh black widow uh, uh jungle cruise that did their first week and now poof, no one's going to see them.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I mean, Scarlett Johansson plays a great black widow in the Marvel, like in the Avengers movies, but I don't think that character uh has the wherewithal to carry a series on its own. I think we're going to see that one black widow movie and then, that's gone. Um, well,
0: ever since she sued Disney for trying to hide profits from uh, their release structure, they have basically said, we are not working with, and we don't want to even... Min- You're not allowed at Disney to mention the word Scarlett Johansson around there
2: anymore. Hmm. Yeah. And, I, uh, you know, like... <clears throat> Jungle Cruise is another Disney movie where they're trying to make money off of one of their rides. I don't know when they're going to learn. Okay, Pirates of the Caribbean worked out for you, but Haunted Mansion, even with Eddie Murphy, you couldn't pull that off. Jungle Cruise, not going to work, you know. Uh, I
0: heard it. but... It's not one of those they should have invested as much money as they did into it.
2: No, no I no, I mean it looks like it's a fun movie and I'll probably watch it at some point because I because I honestly I do like The Rock. I do like Dwayne Johnson. I I do yeah. think he's fun. You know, again, like John Cena, he's one of those guys who went from wrestling to to being kind of like a fun funny actor that you want to you know you want to see what he's up to um but i i yeah i just don't think uh yeah that that's a one and done we're not going to see jungle cruise 2 that's not going to happen no
0: <laughs> i mean look at uh the green knight last week number two this week guess what number two <sighs> Small-budget <laughs> film that probably already made its money back just on two weeks, and it's staying steady at number two, huh, that make no sense. It' not big-budget spectacular.
2: Uh, yeah, right? Uh,
0: In the post-COVID age, the audience for a film like Green Knight is probably going to see, go to the movies more than audiences for mainstream Hollywood franchises.
2: Yeah, well, see, you and I have talked about this before. Um, Like, uh, where I live, um, like, there's, there's a regal cinema right here in town that just shows the big budget stuff. But, if Abby and I want to go see uh some independent film, we either have to drive half an hour north or half an hour uh south. Um we, we don't have any uh we don't have any independent theaters here in the town where we live. It's all it it's just the Regal Cinema which you know always brings the big budget stuff that we want to see as well, but that's the only that's our only like local movie theater. So it's hard for us because also, you know, uh, I work days and Abby works nights, but we both have the weekends, weekends off. So we can drive and go see a movie, but we, we always have to kind of, you know, we always have to kind of calculate if we really want to go see a movie. But again, We have all of the streaming services, everything from, you know, everything from Netflix to, uh, you know, to Redbox. So we can sit and watch movies at home. But sometimes you just got to see a movie on the big screen, you know, you got to see it.
0: But. Am I right? The audience for a movie like The Green Knight would more likely go to the theaters post-COVID than the audience for a movie like The Suicide Squad, Black Widow, any of these Hollywood pop franchises.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, I don't know. Like Again, this is a movie uh, I would probably want to watch on the big screen because it does have it does have that you know does seem to have that flair and uh i i mean i have yet and uh we should talk about this we should do a whole show about this sometime uh a24 releases some amazing films they're a great Yeah, uh,
0: right now uh, dis- a24 pretty much the fans uh, company of choice yeah it used to be yeah. bloom house but now blue the bloom house has wait for the bad joke lost the bloom
1: <laughs>
2: i don't know i still like a lot of stuff that comes out on bloom house but um i don't usually search it out as much like it's more like i'll flip on something on my shutter app or on Netflix. And then I see it's bloom house and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, a, a 24 is definitely a, a group uh, for anyone listening. If you're not familiar, but if you're a fan of horror films and I guess what would have been considered underground cinema when we were younger, uh, Stuff you could only find on VHS A24 Yeah, like kind of... uh,
0: The Witch and Lighthouse I could not see myself uh, Watching those on the big screen When I was a teenager As a matter of fact, when I did see The Witch I looked at my friend Jameson Who was sitting in in front of me And we both said this in unison How the hell did we see this on the big screen?
2: (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh. It's
0: uh, like some forbidden fruit. They make like (laughs) forbidden fruit movies and actually make money with them.
2: Yeah. I watched both of those movies at home, uh, but I would have loved to have seen The Lighthouse on the big screen. That, uh, you know... That black and white cinematography and just it just looked amazing uh it reminded me a lot of um uh a field in a field in a field in england um which oh. uh, we talked we talked about that a long time ago <laughs> on um, one um, of uh, our one, yeah we talked about that a long time ago on one of our first podcasts, but uh yeah. Uh the lighthouse definitely had that same kind of feel to it as a as yeah. a field in England, you know
0: it's like a field in England is one of those I recommend, but I don't recommend it. If I see someone go like, "Wow, I just see Del Topo and the Holy mountain, and I love them. Is there any more like that out there? Oh, by the way, you know, and I go da da da." but if films like that aren't if films like a Will Field in England aren't in your wheelhouse I
2: recommend a Field in England to you.
1: <laughs>
2: right. Well, that kind of goes to uh The Green Knight. We were which is how we started talking about this. Um yeah, if you're not into like weird films, you're not gonna enjoy this um it it's a great movie, but i mean it, it it's it's weird it's a weird movie i mean we yeah got, what do we get? what do we got we got giants uh <laughs> uh if you go in expecting
0: wait. excalibur or another author film like that, you're gonna be fucking disappointed. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. If, it, yeah. If, if you don't want to see, yeah, if you want to see a, a a version of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, you're probably not going to enjoy the giants and, uh, you know, uh, talking foxes and stuff like that. That's probably not, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going <laughs> to enjoy this one, <laughs> but it is a bizarre movie, but it is really fun and I would recommend it. Uh, you know, if if you wanna have fun. Yeah. Hmm. Well, personally
0: my favorite theater over in Knoxville is Central and it's not because the guys are my friends. I mean it's one of those that shows everything under the rainbow. We got to see uh the death metal movie over there they showed. They showed Mandy, they show like older revival films.
2: Yeah, we have like I said, one of, well, both of the movie theaters, the, the main movie theater that we have here in town, like I said, is just a regal uh, cinema. So, it, so it shows the, um, it shows the most current movies, but it's a nice relaxing cinema. Uh, they have the reclining chairs. You can get a beer there. You can get pizza there. So it's pretty cool, but, the other two theaters that we have around here are Railroad Square Cinema, uh which has two two theaters. One shows a current art film and the other one shows uh like you said um you know a, a, an, an older an older film rerun, you know, uh you know what I'm trying to say. Like I saw Blue Velvet there for instance, you know, on yeah. the big screen. So that So that was cool. Um, And then we have the Nickelodeon, which is also a half hour in the other direction. They do the same thing. They have eight cinemas. They show seven new releases, and then they always have like a cult film or an underground film, something you might not otherwise be able to see on the big screen. So those are both cool theaters.
0: Yeah, those are the ones that are pro or seem like those are the ones and drive-ins are the ones striving nowadays, not the corporate big box theaters.
2: Yeah, well, again, like, uh, you know, like we were just saying before, it's like, you know, you and I have all of the streaming services. So it's like I don't have to leave my house to go see a movie that's coming out in the theater today. I can just watch it at home. So, you know, I've already paid for it. So I choose to watch the movie at home unless, like I said, it's something that I think I, you know, we went to see suicide squad on the big screen, despite the fact that we had already watched it on HBO plus, because I was like, Oh, this is going to look really cool on the big screen, you know? Um, so, that's it you know for me uh second run theaters are really are really worth more money to me because i would lo- like i said go see blue velvet or go see the original friday the 13th or you know go see something like that on the big screen that i ne you know uh The last time I went,
0: like uh, the episode that we're going to be recording on Sunday, and I'll be probably be posting it up on Thursday. About next Saturday, Central is going to be showing uh, the first three Texas Chainsaw Massacre films with cast and crew from all three films. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if I, I had to I, I actually.
0: thirty dollars I'd go.
2: <laughs> uh actually Abby and I uh went to there's a theater up in Ellsworth, Maine, which is about mm, two hours north of where we live. But we went up there a few years ago because they were showing Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the big screen and uh Gunnar Hansen uh uh was there. Uh to introduce the the movie that was that was really cool so uh we got to meet him and uh he autographed my uh leather face action figure so that was pretty fun uh my wife was like uh you made a 45 year old man very happy today <laughs> uh yeah, that that was pretty neat. But yeah,
0: this has been another rough week. Uh, uh the creator of Astro Boy, well the one guy who first translated and brought it over to the US died.
2: Yeah, I saw that earlier today uh uh online. Yeah. Uh Are you are you a big Astro Boy fan? I mean, are you were no, you, but that really...
0: is his, no, but that is historical because Astro Boy was the first uh, anime to ever be translated over here.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I remember it from when uh, from when I was younger. Uh, it, it was yeah. it was big it was big for me. Um, I was I think the I was more into Speed Racer, which also was which was also uh, imported around the same time. But I I did enjoy Astro Boy. That was always fun.
0: Yeah, the first generation that we got, we got Astro Boy. We got Kimba the White Lion. uh, We got uh, uh, Frankenstein Jr. with a giant robot. And we also got very cut versions of uh, Robotech and Voltron.
2: Yeah, yeah, um I was a huge fan of Voltron when I was younger, but I never realized how like cut up those episodes were until I grew up and you know, they they started releasing like the the box sets of Voltron and I was just yeah. like 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 I I thought I was having like some kind of Mandela effect when I started watching Voltron on on V uh on on dvd i was like wait this never happened on voltron what what what
0: yeah i always <laughs> love the hell they translate it and if a character died in one episode they cut out the death and then the next episode is like oh so-and-so transferred away oh so-and-so's on vacation oh so-and-so left to get married and start a new life <laughs> because of the trauma of what happened in the last episode Wink!
2: Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing with, like, uh, like the Transformers cartoon, you know? Uh, my friend Zach has that formers. that's the original Japanese version, and it's the same thing. When, when he and I sit around and watch that, I'm like, this never happened on Transformers, but I guess it did in... You know, <laughs> yeah. in, in the native in the native land, but here in America we got the censored, watered down version. You know, I know they always did that. Like uh,
0: when you watched Speed Racer as a kid, and then you watched it on the MTV Uncut showings, and it had car crashes.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And you know why he did all those violent car crashes? So no. kids would not go out and do that dumb shit in real cars. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and that's why they cut him out, because they were afraid kids will see these car crashes and want to do that. Yeah, I have never <laughs> seen an action movie where a guy crashes his car and rolls it three times and goes... I want to do that.
2: Yeah. Right. Like, (laughs) I, I, I think that's always funny when you see like, like, especially nowadays with, uh, with reality shows, they always have the warning at the front, like a show like Jackass. They're like, Oh, all these stunts were done under, uh, you know, the supervision of professionals. Don't try this at home. I'm like, who the fuck would try that at home? I'm not doing that. <laughs> like
0: actually uh, someone did sue jackass because some stupid parents didn't watch it with their kids and their kids copied that stuff.
1: That's oh, how
0: stupid man. our generation and the generation below us were. We see stuff like that. If you really look look online, you would see all of these videos. That were a rip-off of Bam McGarrett's original uh, videos. Yeah,
2: the CKY. Yeah, yeah the C-K-Y, yeah, CKY stuff. Yeah, CKY. It's like, yeah, we
0: yeah. did it. They did it, so let's do it. We want to be as cool as...
2: Hello? Yeah. Oh, I thought I lost you for a second um yeah no me and me and my friends you know when when i was a teenager me and my friends were skater kids and and we played in uh you know punk rock bands at local clubs and stuff and uh you know i i'm not saying we didn't do a lot of stupid stuff but uh you know once we got a little bit older, we were like, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do this stupid stuff anymore." I mean, yeah. skateboarding is skateboarding is dangerous enough. Let's not jump off of uh, roofs onto trees, or uh, you know, <laughs> like run out into the onto the train tracks and try to dodge the train. Like, maybe let's not do that stuff anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Central does that once a month now, where they have what they call Skate Night, where they'll let people bring in their old skate videos, and then they'll edit it together for them, and actually show it. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, along with Skate Night, it's always like a one hour to 90 minute, uh, VHS trading session before that, where you can bring in your VHS tapes, buy, Yeah, you're like, I want to go to one of those.
2: Yeah, I do. But I don't want to well, bring I my always... tape
0: in because I don't want people to see me crash and go, oh, God, he busted his face. What a-
2: <laughs> 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 I only have one video of myself skating from back in the 90s, but I actually do still skate even now we have a skate park that's just a couple blocks from my house and I go over there and skate still uh but i am terrified because like i said i am almost 50 years old so uh and it annoys my wife she's always like no nah, don't don't break your face skating <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, i I'm, uh, yeah,
0: go ahead.
2: Oh, I know. I I was just continuing on with that anecdote. Just saying it's I'm already funny ugly. Yeah. So what I, what,
0: what, uh, what, uh, what, <laughs> yeah, you do look like you've kissed a couple of concrete.
1: <laughs> but yeah. it's
0: funny oh, how uh, there's yeah. a couple of female filmmakers like Harmony Corrine, uh, Jason Lee. Uh, do you know any more of the other ones that started out making uh, skate videos or
2: being a skate star and then crossed over? No. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, Jason Lee is definitely a big one and I actually know him. Um, yeah, he definitely, actually, this is kind of funny after he started uh making movies uh he was dismissed from the skate company that he started because they said we can't have you skating and starring in movies because if you get hurt skating we're gonna have to pay out to the movie company that you're working for, you know, which, whichever movie company that is at the time, you know? So Jason Lee actually had to retire from uh skating in order to be an actor. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harmony and Corinne, Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I don't really know so much about Harmony Corinne. I mean, I know he's a weirdo filmmaker and I've seen all of his movies, but, um, Yeah, I don't really know. Did he really switch over from skateboarding to filmmaking, or did he just include skateboarding?
0: Ah! No, he really started uh, doing skate movies. Remember, uh, he was involved with Kids, wasn't he, that movie?
2: Yeah, Kids was the movie he wrote. That was his first movie that he wrote yeah
0: well, that started out as a skate movie where he just filming his friends and you know filming some guys going around skating, and then he decided to turn that into a regular movie. No, yeah.
2: I never knew that. I mean, I know Kids has a couple of skater kids in it um but I didn't know that Harmony Corinne started out doing uh skate videos uh because he didn't direct that larry larry clark directed kids but yeah. then harmony harmony corinne used that money that he made from kids uh to make a movie that he directed what was it called donkey punch or something like that yeah what, julian what
0: donkey donkey lips or julian something donkey, like that.
2: yeah yeah, that was the And first then he movie did he Gummo actually
0: directed. which is always on the hard Gummo. to watch list and I'm like, Why? There's nothing mm-hmm. particularly disgusting in it. I'm like, You're well, comparing Gummo I... to Salo in a Serbian film and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think the thing that offends people about Gummo is the two kids that uh that shoot the cats with the BB guns and sell the dead cats to the, the restaurant guy. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Like, I think that's what really disturbs people about that movie. Most of the rest of it is bizarre, but it's not disturbing. But like, I know for one, um like, one of the things that will turn my wife off to a movie immediately is violence towards animals. Uh, I know we talked earlier about suicide squad and she was disturbed by the violence in suicide squad, but she gets really disturbed when we're watching a movie and an animal gets hurt. That, that really turns her off to a movie. Like within a no second, she's like, no, for
0: her. No Joe Daworski for her.
2: No, 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 no. Nope. Never shown her any. She's never had any interest, and I've never shown her any.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh. But, yeah, I think that's why people put uh, Gummo on, on that list of disturbing. But you're right. But say- Is it as disturbing as sound? Is it as disturbing as Salo? No. Is it as disturbing as a Serbian film? No. But Is it, if yeah. you don't... Lo- if like, he... It's like man, man Behind the Sun. Like, uh, you know, the scene in Man Behind the Sun where they throw the cat in with the rats and the rats eat the cat alive. Like, I would never show that to my wife because I know she would not enjoy that at all.
0: You know? Yeah. That
2: would be the end of it. <laughs>
0: I mean... You know? They don't think it's funny. They're like, oh, Gomo, that's disturbing. I'm like, have you seen Happiness? No. Why? (laughs) Watch
1: Happiness.
2: (laughs) I loved Happiness so much that I saw it twice in the theater and I own a copy of it on VHS. That movie is great. (laughs) Yeah, but he
0: definitely is pushing buttons in that movie.
2: Oh, for sure, for sure Like uh, what the
0: black professor has the white girl say while he's uh, stooping her
2: And the uh, whole
0: pedophile angle
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) I'm I'm not denying it It, It's definitely a disturbing film But yeah, I mean But, you know, Todd Todd Salon's He's always trying to push buttons with his movies. Um, uh, He's kind of uh, toned down a bit with his more recent films. But, yeah, I think Happiness was definitely probably his peak of, like you said, trying to push buttons, trying to see where he could get, you know, get a reaction. Um, But, yeah, Pedophilia... um, yeah talking about like a not that it's inappropriate for a father to talk about masturbation with his son but just the way that conversation plays out in that movie is kind yeah. of creepy you know yeah so i mean but yeah i, I think happiness is a great movie it, it it's on my top 10 list of favorite movies of all time i i i think it's i think it's great it's it is disturbing and it is uh unsettling, but I think it's really well done It's not I mean you and I talk a lot about horror and exploitation and black yeah, exploitation that and are in you our know.
0: wheelhouse, but there's yeah. always movies outside of it i have, well it makes me sad I see too many of uh my fellow fans stay inside of the wheelhouse and they won't watch a movie. Because it doesn't seem like, not like it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not what I usually watch.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this next hour. Is You and I always talk about horror movies. We talk about exploitation, exploitation, grindhouse movies. But for the next hour, let's talk about some movies and TV shows and music that our fans might not think that we would uh would would really be into let's uh let's shock and awe yeah
0: and my fur well our first one is one that we both love and most people wouldn't expect and i don't know why they call it a wussy movie it's the notebook i love that because it shows the truth uh when a woman loses the love of her life she sits and cries and mourns but when a guy loses the
2: love of his life shit <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah
2: I you know I love the notebook um and I think one of the things that people would think that they you, why people would think that you and I don't like it is because it is uh, like a romantic drama, but I think what people don't really see in it when they look at it is uh, it was directed by Nick Cassavetes and uh, you know, he's a great director and uh, stars Ryan Gosling, who a lot of people don't care for, but I think he's a great actor. And yeah, I, I, I think it, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a really it's a really great movie. Like, um,
0: yeah, but it, everyone always talks about the main girl and Ryan Gosling. People don't really talk about the real heart of the soul in the film, and that's James Garner and uh, uh, Casabetti's mother, Gina Rowland.
2: Yep, yep, they're great in that, and I also think uh, Sam Shepard is really good in it as well. Uh, He's always good, you know? Um, Yeah, it's... uh, I I think the thing about it that makes it a likable film, even for people who might not care for, like, uh, you know, romance films. films. Yeah, for people who don't care for Nicholas Sparks or they don't care for romance films. um, I think a lot of what they overlook is you know this isn't like a rom-com it has a very detailed story you know like there's a lot to it you know it's it's uh it, you know it has a it it spans uh decades and it has um you know it it's it's just uh yeah it's just a really well-written film based on a very well-written novel. So, you know, if if you don't like it, well, then fuck off. But Stephen and I do. So there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great little movie. It's better than its reputation because most people have seen the million of other Nicholas Sparks movies, and they're just all burnt out on them because of the, because the work. No matter how you slice it, the notebook is the art film gone good, and that's how it plays it plays like an art film, not your typical Hollywood romance film,
2: yeah, well, like I said, you know um you know uh Nick Cassavetes uh is obviously i mean he's a great director, yeah.
0: But yeah, what's your first, uh, Nate? Oh, uh, we've lost Nate. It's the 48-9 minute mark. But yeah, The Notebook is just a great little movie. And I watched it first time because of James Garner. And here he is back.
2: Yeah, just like always, my friggin' computer kicked me off after an hour. I guess I'm not allowed to be on the show more than an hour.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or your
2: computer has to go to the
0: bathroom. (laughs)
1: Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, so like I... Go ahead. Yeah, like I was saying, uh, like I was saying, uh, Nick Cassavetes, uh, he's, he's been a great director, and obviously he's the son of John Cassavetes who is also a great director. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like people might tend to uh, overlook the notebook because they're like, Oh, this is just some stupid romantic comedy or something, but it's not, it's a very well-written, well-directed film. Um, and if you like that movie, if, if it, if it intrigues you at all and you're interested in checking out more Nick Cassavetes work, I would recommend alpha dog. Um, if you haven't seen that, that movie is great. Um, it's not anything like the notebook at all. I would not, I would not, uh, threaten you with that. Uh, it's nothing like that, but, uh, It's based on the true story of a kidnapping and a murder that took place in uh, 2000, 2001, I think. Uh,
0: Yeah. Like uh, his dad, he doesn't have a style. And when I say that, you see certain directors, you see their style because they don't wander outside of it. Like, you can tell by watching it, you can tell the guy who did Shaun of the Dead... What's his name?
2: Edgar Wright.
0: Yeah, you can tell Edgar Wright from his style. Tarantino, a a lot of them. Cassavetes and John didn't have a style because they went all over the map. And if you didn't know if it was one of their films, you wouldn't be surprised when you found out it was.
2: Yeah, John Cassavetes, especially, like, um, he did, you know, all all of his movies were so different. uh, And uh, the TV shows, uh, the episodes of TV shows that he directed, um, he was very, he was extremely versatile with his style. Now, I think with Nick Cassavetes, you can identify him more by his style, but like you said, not by his genre. He he, you know, he's all over the map with the different genres that he wants to do. Um but Jean Cassavetes, I think you can kind of recognize him more by his style. He has a you know, he he has a he has a definitive style to his, his work. Where I think Nick Cassavetes uh kind of went a little more experimental here and there, like he would try different techniques that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily expect from him, but like you said, you know, he's not like a Edgar Wright, he's not like a Quentin Tarantino, he's not like a Kevin Smith. Like you, you wouldn't know it was one of his movies if you didn't know it was one of his movies. You
0: know. Yeah. What's your first uh, pick?
2: Uh, okay. Well, I know this is going to sound really funny. But here's something that people probably would have never guessed about me. Um I love musicals. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Annie. <laughs> would you would you would you have ever guessed that? <laughs> it's a
0: hard knock life for us. <laughs> Exactly. I can't see I can't Come think on. of uh, tomorrow without uh what's her name? Uh in Serial Mom cursing while hitting rewind button.
2: <laughs> oh, cereal mom? Y-
0: yeah, cereal mom, yeah. Uh <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Yeah,
1: uh There's a rewind Turner. button,
0: you fuck. It makes movies go backwards. Look at this, you
1: dumb
0: bitch!
1: <laughs>
2: now, to be just, just to just to make sure we're all on the same page, I mean the 1982 version of Annie, not the new yeah. version. I, I mean the 1982 version, and uh, yeah, I mean I, I know people it, will probably think it's a funny choice for me because usually we talk about, like I said, horror exploitation, black exploitation, but I loved that movie. And if you go back and look at it, if anybody goes back and look at it by John fucking Houston, it has Albert Finney. It has Carol Burnett. It has Tim Curry. It has Bernadette Peters. It's a fucking amazing film. Go back and watch Annie. It is so so fun and so great. You got to watch Annie. I'm telling you right now. You got to watch it.
0: That's because uh, John Houston subscribed to, bringing him up again, the John Cassavetes School of Filmmaking, which is if you want to make film A, you do film B and C, Hollywood crap. Yeah. You get the yeah, money one for to the... make what you want. Yeah.
2: One for the studio, one for you. One for the studio, one for you. Yep.
0: Because he did Annie, we got uh, Pritzi's honor. Because that's where he invested all of his money from uh, Annie in his fee for directing and all that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and John Houston. I mean, you know, I'm telling people to watch Annie, but if you if you like John Houston or or, or even if you get into Annie, it's going to be a whole different situation for you after that. But like you said, Pritzi's Honor, but he also directed The Maltese Falcon. Uh, what else? Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Uh, African Queen. Uh, the Misfits. I mean, he was an amazing director. If you're not fucking with John Huston, then why are you even listening to our podcast?
0: Oh, and here's a trivia <laughs> question for you, Nate. What stoner term was created by a John Huston movie?
2: What stoner term? Hmm. Yeah. I I do not know. Bogart. Oh, Bogart. Yeah, don't yeah, Bogart that. Was, yeah.
0: yeah, it was created by... It was taken from... The way that Bogart acted in Treasure to Sierra Madre.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: He, you know, don't Bogart it, man. Don't do like this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, oh, and what's
0: funny also is Annie was set up to be, I think, was it Warner Brothers or uh, uh, Columbia? Columbia. Their big films that year was supposed to be Popeye and Annie. And both of them flopped horribly.
2: Yeah. But you know what? I I really like Popeye as well. I mean, that's probably not as surprising to our listeners because uh you know, it, uh it was uh um Oh, come on. Uh,
0: Robert Altman.
2: Robert Altman. Yes. Thank you. I was going to say that's probably not as surprising to our listeners because it was a Robert Altman film. But, uh, but yeah, that uh, Popeye was a very bizarre film for that year. Um, well, I mean, it, it would be a very bizarre film for any year. Um I guess Altman was kind of going for like the um, like the cartoony look for the seaside town that they built just for the uh, just for the movie. But did you know, uh, did you know, little known fact, that little seaside town still exists. You can go visit it.
0: Yeah, it's a tourist attraction now.
2: Yeah, you can go check that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were calling that. Uh, Let's see, the three films, let's see, between uh, At Long Last Love, New York, New York, Annie, and uh, Popeye, people were like, oh, the musical is dead. Songs live longer than Annie's a movie.
2: Yeah, but if you're talking about New York, New York, oh, boy, that one's a headache, man. I mean, come yeah. on, Scorsese. What what the hell? Wait, was that Scorsese or was that uh Yeah, that was Scorsese. Coppola. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it Scorsese. was Scorsese or Coppola. Coppola was
0: one from the heart.
2: Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. You got me. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, New York, New York. Um this hard to think about. And I know we talk about this stuff all the time, both on and off the air but for crying out loud man there are so many great directors who just didn't know I think they just didn't know what to do with their success uh at certain times in their career so they were just like meh (laughs) might as well try this
0: yeah, I'm going to make my musical. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, right? But for me, my yeah. favorite musical to probably shock people would be
2: uh Godspell. Godspell. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I I don't mind Godspell. No. Yeah,
0: but that doesn't, you know, it's like a movie about the book
2: of, you know, <laughs>
1: right being uh, you
0: like that what it's a bunch of hippies i know it's it's, i mean i love it because the beginning and the very end of the movie there's no sound at all in it and then the sound slowly creeps in
2: yeah yeah and um i mean it's a better version of Passion of the Christ than Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. I'll tell you that Oh, much. you
0: mean Passion of the Fulci, as I call it.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? Because I, mm-hmm. oh, I have
0: Fulci levels of gore in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't really give a shit what Mel Gibson is ever thinking anyway, but for crying out loud, man, what was he thinking when he made that movie? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, and
0: I do love musicals, and I'm not talking about the cult musicals like Rocky or pictures showing things like that. Like if I had to pick my favorites, it would be Godspell, and of course, uh, all that. Yeah,
2: um, I got to tell you, um, I. I know people don't think this about me because they do know that I like horror and exploitation and blah, blah, yeah. blah. I, I fucking hate Rocky Horror Picture Show. I fucking hate it. I think it's one of the worst I things understand.
0: ever. I understand. No. It's like we said before. Rocky Horror Picture Show is a better ex- live experience than it is a yeah. movie.
2: Yeah. Now, if I saw a live, not not at the theater where people are throwing spoons at the screen like it's a showing of, uh, you know, fucking, what what am I thinking of? Uh, what what's the movie uh, where they where they throw throw oh, spoons? Uh, uh, the one by Tommy yeah, you know, The Room. Yeah. Yeah. The Room. Yeah. Um. But if I saw an actual live version of Rocky Horror Picture Show, like on stage with actors, I would probably enjoy it. But, and even as much as I, as much as I do enjoy all of the actors who star in the film version of Rocky Horror Picture Show, I just hate that movie. I think it's, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. I hate I it. And everybody, but I, everybody. Everybody thinks I, I should love it because of my interest in films and shit. But no, no, it doesn't do anything for me.
0: And the reason that Nate isn't mentioning anything about all that jazz is because he's pretty much living the movie, not watching it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
2: well, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, uh. I, uh, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you
0: wake up, take a big you wake up, go in the mirror, take a big hit of a joint. Showtime
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'm really uh I think I'm really living Jojo dancer. I think that's more the <laughs>
0: I couldn't I see think that's you really shooting the... out of the engine of the car with uh <laughs> magnum.
1: <laughs> right? Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that one line yeah. and all that jazz that just sums it up. Uh-huh. Doing this. I hate this fucking job. No, Joe, you love <laughs> it. Yeah, that's right. I love it. <laughs> 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 I know. Uh, Bob Fosse was one of those directors that was not afraid to bite the hand that feeds him.
2: No, no. He, uh, yeah, he he did some crazy uh, he did some crazy stuff uh, in his career uh, for sure. Like, uh, come on, talk about um, a director who just didn't give a fuck. He actually made a movie called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Come on.
0: (laughs) Before all that jazz came out, uh, Roy Scheider tells this story. Uh, They had a showing and uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were there. And he watched the ending. Spoilers were Joe Gideon dies of a heart attack who's basically Fosse himself. And uh, Spielberg ran up to him. What the fuck are you thinking? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? (laughs) And Fosse stopped for a moment, thought, looked at uh, Spielberg and said, maybe the son of a bitch deserved to die.
1: Right, And and how Uh, many
0: other Hollywood musicals where the guy who made the musical would go, okay, let's take this movie footage of my real heart transplant surgery and put it into the movie?
2: Right? (laughs) Well, Bob Fosse also directed uh, Lenny uh, about um, uh, one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Yeah. Yeah, Lenny Bruce. And he featured some at at the end of the film where, spoiler alert, Lenny dies of a heroin overdose. He actually featured some of the real um, crime scene photos from when they burst into the hotel room and found Lenny dead. Um, So I don't know. He he had a, you know, he he had a really like, uh, he was invested in like that versa limitude like uh he wanted to show some reality in his fiction you know he uh yeah you know well, he, he was about notice,
0: that uh all that jazz is setting when uh he was uh editing Lenny.
2: no i don't know what
0: yeah it was uh, set during the time when Fosse was uh, editing Lenny cuz if you notice he uses a lot of that Lenny skit where it's like the seven stages of dying in the movie.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also uh he won an Academy Award for uh best director uh for what movie? uh, it wasn't Lenny, uh, Cabaret Cabaret Cabaret. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which also, um, uh, I think he originally started his career as a choreographer anyway. Right. Like before he started directing movies. Yeah. And so I think Cabaret was really like kind of the culmination of his, his whole, uh, um career. Um well actually he didn't he direct the original version of Chicago? The, the, yeah, the first he, film yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah, he directed he the first that, film version of Chicago.
0: Plus, yeah, and he wrote that too. Chicago's his, uh Cabaret. I didn't like Man. the remake of Chicago.
2: I don't yeah, know what I didn't was
0: missing, for... but it just seemed like it was too much a movie.
2: Yeah. I don't I don't like this whole uh thing now where we do um a movie and then it becomes or or, or what I guess I can't really describe the progression, but we do uh, a Broadway it, play. And then it becomes a movie and then it becomes a Broadway play again. And then it becomes a movie again. Like, let's just pick one or the other. We don't need both for everything.
0: It's like the Lion King. It's like, okay, we're going to make it a movie. Now we're going to make it a musical. Oh, the musical's popular. Let's make the movie a musical, you know?
2: Yeah. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I guess it's it's an industry, you know. I mean, it's
0: easy everything to rehash we... a safe title than it is to actually take a risk. Yeah, well, like, you know, uh, um, could you see a movie like a uh, uh, Dennis Potter's uh, "Pennies from Heaven" getting made today? <laughs> <laughs> Another great musical, but ooh boy!
2: What you got? Penny from Heaven. That was yeah, Penny. I love it. Oh,
0: but that one is beyond fucking dark. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: No, but what what I was gonna say to comment uh, on what you were saying is, you know, uh, my favorite band is Clutch. And the lead singer of Clutch, Neil Fallon, has famously said, we don't do cover songs, but the record companies are always pressuring us to do cover songs because it's easier to sell a cover song than to sell an original. So that kind of speaks to what we're talking about when it's, you know, uh, a stage play and then a movie and then a stage play and then another movie, you know, like, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the John waters one that's been done over and over and over again. Uh, hairspray. uh yeah, yeah. Hairspray, hairspray you a know, movie,
0: then a musical, than a movie, mu- musical movie.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, it, yeah, you're right. It's easier to sell stuff like that. You know, you've already got the built in audience and you can also draw in a new audience by just suggesting, you know, Hey, uh, you know, here, here's, here's the, the stage version. You might prefer that. Here's the movie version. You might prefer that. Here's a new movie version, you know, um, it's, it's a marketing technique and I, I understand that, but at the same time, it's just like, eh, you know,
0: I want to tell people a dirty little secret that they don't realize when your favorite movie gets remade. And you go on social media and bitch about the fact that your favorite movie is getting remade. You're giving them free publicity. you're helping them out.
2: Yeah, well, you know what and here's a here's a here's a Here's a thing to keep in mind about that. um I'm friends with Stephen King, okay. And obviously, you know, uh, dozens of Stephen King short stories and novels have been made into movies. Some of them he likes, some of them he dislikes, but he and I were talking one day and he said, you know what? The movie version of my book doesn't change my book. If you don't like the movie version, read my book. If you don't like my book, Watch the movie version. You know, maybe somewhere in between, you'll find something that you like about this story. You know, and that's a, that's a great attitude. You know. Well, to quote National
0: Hammett, they did a review of. They was uh, doing is this uh, snarky reporter was doing an interview with him when the movie of The Big Sleep come out, and he asked him, "What do you think is the way Hollywood's ruining your book?" in hollywood ruin my book ruin my book it's still there on the shelf no one walks into your house and gets black out or what and blacks out and tells you what not to read and adds new pages to it <laughs> the book will always be there
2: yeah yeah like i said that's uh that's what you know like i said uh I'm friends with Stephen King and he and I have talked about it and he's, that's exactly what he that's says. How small he's like,
0: Maine is. Maine is so small. <laughs> yeah. and There's so few people living there that everybody knows everybody.
2: <laughs> that's not untrue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, how you, you, you know how I first met Stephen King. We were at the record store together and, uh, <laughs> uh, we were, yeah, we were, uh, Flipping through the records, and I was like, "Hey, you're Stephen King," and he was like, "Hey, you're Nate Bradford," and I was like, "Hey, now we know each other, and now we're friends." <laughs> and that was holy yeah. shit, man. That was like that was like thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, but
0: uh, I said, "My, what's your so, next one?"
2: Um, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of. I was trying to think of something else that people might not really associate me with aside from musicals. Um, I think one thing that people might not really think about, uh, about me when I talk about stuff is um, I really like cartoons from the eighties and not just like, you know, Voltron or masters of the universe. I I'm really I really uh look more at like uh Gummy Bears and the Smurfs and stuff like that like uh the kind of real kitty cartoons you know like I I I do I do like the more adult cartoons from that era but I really I really like the kitty cartoons like Gummy Bears and Smurfs and stuff which are kind of ridiculous but uh I don't know why I'm drawn to them. It might just be nostalgia, but. Um...
0: <laughs> well, people forget for all the Smurfs overkill that we got in the 80s, there's a ton of stuff we did not get, like the comic books and stuff that Payo originally wrote.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing, too, is, you know, I'm, I'm a comic book collector as well and, um, I do have a lot of those Smurf comic books um I do have a lot of like uh other things that people might not remember from the eighties, but like Madballs had a comic book um you know Every obviously
0: line had a comic book line if they could, just like uh, the the t v shows were uh promoting them like uh do you remember the nasty one that got in trouble like Herculoids? Not Herculoids. Yeah. Uh, I forget it, but <laughs> the one with the giant monsters that got in deep shit because uh it had this one giant skeleton where you, he would put like humans in his chest and then this goo would come out and dissolve <laughs> turn their body into rock. DK, no, I, I was think his you're name. right.
2: I think you're right. I think it was the Herculoids. I think that was the no, the
0: Herkyaloids uh, was yeah, the early '80s one from Hanna Barbera, with yeah. the smur with the shmoo rip off.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, that one had shmoo. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, um, you're right. I, a lot of those cartoon shows in uh, in the '70s and '80s were specifically designed to sell action figures. I mean. Holy shit man, between me and my brother we had every GI Joe action figure. We had every Transformer like, you know, it, that's all those cartoons were designed to do, but you're right, uh Peyo actually uh started the Smurfs as a at not it wasn't a comic book per se. Um it was more of what we would think about today as graphic novels, I guess. Um,
1: yeah. Because
2: he was writing, yeah, he was writing like, you know, n- novel length versions of the stories about the Smurfs. Um, and and then, you know, it became a, a TV show. And I don't think that was necessarily a cash grab as such, but you remember those little... No. Um, those little you know, Smurf action uh, – not, yeah. not action little figures, like little Smurf fi-
0: The best yeah. way to describe them, they're like uh, the Funko Pop mystery boxes nowadays with the tiny little figures.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they did it the same could... way,
0: too. It was like – they called them Smurf bags or something, but you would never know what Smurf you were going to get until – you open the box, bag, package.
2: Yeah, they did the same thing with, uh, do you remember they did the same thing with uh, Garbage Pail Kids when they first put out those little Garbage Pail Kids miniatures back then? Um, yeah. You. Yeah, you couldn't tell which one you got. So, yeah, the whole blind box um, phenomenon goes back for, you know, 30 years now and I, I never really thought about that but uh you and I were joking earlier because I showed you uh that I got that Funko blind box uh at, uh today and it was the uh Big Boy, Big Bob's Big Boy burger. What's his name? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you got it. Big Boy, Bob's Big Boy
2: yeah bob's big boy yeah oh what's funny, I got that do in. you
0: know that we actually got uh one of the payo movies over here but most people didn't like it because it wasn't the u.s
2: so what was wrong with it what did people dislike it was
0: about it because it was it was like the original payo stories and not like the U.S. cartoon which we gotten used to, and that was uh Smurfs and the Magic Flute.
2: Oh yeah, I've yeah, I've seen Smurfs and the Magic Flute. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was good.
0: Yeah. But it wasn't like the U.S. cartoon series, so the fans were like, "Ew, I want something exactly the same." La 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 la. Yeah. La, la. Or the infamous Smurfs Christmas picture where Satan shows up, and uh, if you've seen it on the first run, Azrael curses. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Azrael says, oh, Ruck, we're Ruck. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then every other time it gets to the point where she's going to say it but then boop it cuts. His nasty jump cut. <laughs> <laughs> you can have sex uh, but
2: you can't have a cat say fuck. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. And don't
0: forget the I 80s know. is the only decade where we got uh Rambo as a kitty TV series, Chuck Norris as a Kitty TV series and Robocop yeah. hard R-rated franchises as Kitty cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it,
2: yeah. The weird thing about that is like, I think back on that now it didn't really, I didn't really think about it then, but Holy cow. We had like, uh, Chuck Norris and Karate Commando action figures, we had RoboCop action figures, we had Rambo action figures. We even had me and my brothers had a toy that was the Rambo um the knife. Remember the the Rambo knife? And yeah, you could un, you could unscrew the top. The top had uh so it was a plastic uh survival knife obviously. It was a toy, but It came with a holster so you could tie it onto your belt and then when you unscrewed the top that the top had a compass on it. You unscrewed the top and it had like toy matches and like toy like just just all kinds of stuff that kids Yeah. 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 Stuff that kids should not be playing with. (laughs) We were just like running around we were running or we were just running around in the one of
0: those uh, survival knives. Really cheap shit for like five bucks at any flea market.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then as soon as you whacked one tree or something with it, the 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 hilt would fall, the knife would just (laughs) fall apart because they just didn't give a fuck about quality. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the 80s is the only decade where they took R-rated franchises and... Sold them to kids. Remember even Aliens. It's yeah. early 90s yeah. had action figures.
2: Yeah, I uh actually like I still have one of the original uh xenomorph action figures from nineteen seventy nine from the original uh alien movie. It's you know, it's like one of those uh you know, eighteen inch tall big uh Yeah, that's the only
0: one they ever put out, but there's two versions of it. One that they put out before the movie that had the monster hidden in some kind of smoke on the box. Right. And the regular version, which actually shows what the monster looks like.
2: Yeah, I don't think I got mine in the box. I think I got it at a yard sale when I was a kid, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, do- it, it does have the cool feature where you pull the trigger on the back of the head and the little jaws pop out. <laughs> you
0: know, the alien figure set that I have on my wall, That is like one of the first Funko things I ever got. That was originally yeah. supposed to come out in 1979. That's why they're Star Wars size. But after parents complained that the toys scared my kids. They pulled everything from yeah. the shelves and they canceled uh, the action figure
2: series. Think of yeah. the children. Yeah. Think
0: of the children.
2: <laughs> I bought you one of those. One of those was a gift from me. Yeah. I, I sent you one.
0: The one I needed yeah. to complete my collection, uh Dallas.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are but those were from funny the reaction. Is,
0: uh, they were like, I don't want my kids to see this on the toy shelves. I don't want my kids to see this movie. And then we go to the video <laughs> store, and they'd be like, you got $3? Yeah, okay, here's the movie your mom said not to watch. Don't get caught.
2: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that last week when we were, or the week before maybe, when we were talking yeah. about how how it was so easy to go to the video, like a local video store and just be like, you know, you put i spit on your grave on the on the counter and the guy's like are you 18 and you're clearly 11 and you're like yes sir and he's like okay <laughs>
0: all mine needed was uh have your parents come in the first time he said is he allowed to rent movies yep okay boom <laughs>
2: Well, we only got about ten minutes left. You got yeah, another movie or t v show that, that you that you want to talk about,
0: but another movie, yeah, it would uh it's one of those that people are actually shocked I like and it is uh the Christopher Reeve film based on the Richard Matheson book Mid-Time Return, and that's
2: somewhere in time, yeah, somewhere in time, huh yeah so so what do you? uh what do you like about it it's
0: a good romance and plus it's uh the only book that i've ever known that use actually scientifically studied version of what time travel could really be
2: huh yeah um i remember it um uh doesn't it have uh dr quinn medicine woman in it yeah jane seymour yeah jane seymour she's in it um yeah and uh roger williams did the soundtrack right that was yeah one and of his Zanphir. earlier oh zamfir master of the pan flute
0: yeah, yeah. it was before he became zamfir master of the pan flute it was like one of his first <laughs> commercial jobs you know
2: <laughs> right so, I know Richard Matheson wrote the the novel, but did he also write the screenplay? Who or who wrote the screenplay? Yes,
0: he wrote the. Yes, he wrote the screenplay too.
2: Oh! Oh! Cool! Nice! Yeah, I didn't know that. Um,
0: but yeah, uh, well, it's just funny to see someone in a slight romantic movie like Matheson try to make the science of time travel actually logical, and makes sense in a scientific way
2: <laughs> right
0: yeah.
2: right uh, yeah, it's like uh oh what we were just talking about another movie uh the other day, another time travel movie uh what's the one where um oh what's the one where Jack the Ripper travels through time oh, uh, has Malcolm McDowell?
0: Yeah, that one. Yeah, was time good through too. Time. That yeah, me we were talking about that. But that one is fun, especially what's his name who plays Jack the Ripper. What's funny is he comes yeah. forward in time, and then he goes, "Can I buy a gun?" And the guy's like, "Open the trunk. <laughs> what do you want?" And Jack has that look uh. like, "I think I like <laughs> it here."
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh.
2: So uh, The same The same director uh, That we're talking about right now um, Also directed Supergirl How do you feel about that movie? Um, That
0: was a Missed opportunity where the South kind wanted One kind of movie and the studio Didn't and Neither of them jailed
2: yeah, uh I and it I mean it doesn't it doesn't have the same feel as the Superman movies of that same era. So I think that's kind of where it fell apart. Uh I think he was trying to go in a different direction uh you know to to make his own name uh with that franchise because I you know we're talking about like the pre Marvel movies of this era you know what i mean where everything's trying yeah. to link together oh we got the back marvel it was
0: device. the janky marvel tv movies <clears throat> where you had captain is reb bound on a
2: motorcycle
0: but I'm not <laughs> this knows because one of them had christopher lee as the bad guy
2: yeah right yeah well uh i mean you know this movie has a great cast you know that we're talking about right now somewhere in time has a great cast so uh it's not like uh it's not like he wasn't able to secure a good cast for movies i mean it's just i think you know he i think uh i think he had a a lot of trouble transferring from being a french director to working in hollywood and he inherited a lot of franchises that I don't think, you know, were really in his wheelhouse. He did Supergirl, yeah. which should have been what should have been the next Superman and then Jaws 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 two or Jaws three? Which Jaws movie did he direct? Uh yeah, I can't re- uh, I can't remember if it was Jaws Jaws yeah, Two Jaws or Jaws 2,
0: three. The but one yeah. with the asshole shark.
2: Yeah. So, you know, like I I I just think that, you know, he he, he came in uh from, from I, I think he had a fairly uh prolific career in France, but then when he came over to America, um he did have some success directing I think he directed uh, an episode of Night Gallery, I think.
0: Um, yeah. Well, he, he shot it. That's where he got hooked up with Steven Spielberg and shot Jaws and shot a couple of his early films, which led to Steven Spielberg, uh, them wanting Spielberg to make Jaws, and he thought, well, let's give him the shot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think he also directed, more recently, didn't he direct one of the episodes of Heroes? Um, I I think so. Um, yeah, I think yeah, he directed but, one of the yeah. episodes of Heroes. But the problem um, most
0: people had with uh, uh, Somewhere in Time is, it was too romantic for the sci-fi crowd. But it was too sci-fi for the romantic (laughs) crowd.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I think, uh, I think that's kind of what we were going for when we started talking about, uh, the notebook. It's like, um, so if I could think about the notebook, uh, I would think about that Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, what was it called? The Lake House. Was that what it was? Where that send a bullet?
0: But yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Lake House.
2: Yeah, where they put the notes. Uh, they put the letters to each other in the yeah post office. That yeah, bizarre, yeah in the yeah. With I, the
0: bizarre town thing is like they keep transferring letters across time and the universe or some stupid crap like that.
2: Yeah. It yeah. made no sense. I mean, no, right. Like, they did not try to explain this, uh, the sci-fi time travel element of that at all. They just were kind of like, oh, it's romance. <laughs> it's love. It's just love. That's all you need to travel through time is love. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, this is, that's the problem with – uh time travel movies is that you have to have your science pretty tight on it or else it's just going to fall apart and look goofy yeah but, and, uh, and it is, i don't like this movie but a lot of people love primer
2: yeah um i i like primer i i do not love primer i like it i think it's I think it's interesting, but it's yeah, I don't love it. Um, it's too busy. Yeah, yeah, it's too much talking about time travel and not enough like. Well, there's too much going out.
0: on, and you can't soak it in to figure out what the hell A. B. is.
2: Yeah. Now, what about uh uh what's the Rain Johnson movie with Bruce Willis and, uh, uh, Oh, uh, Looper. Ow. Looper. What about that? Now that, that doesn't one really is good. explain. Yeah. It doesn't really explain all the time travel that well, but it's still enough that you're like, okay, I got it. You know? Yeah. Like they discover
0: time travel yeah. in the future. And, uh, if they want somebody killed, they send them back before they're born and kill them so they won't show up.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I like I like that. I like Rain Johnson movies in general. I wish he hadn't gone over to the uh, Star Wars franchise. I like J.J. J. Abrams. Like, there's a lot of directors, writers, and directors that I like, that I'm just like, don't don't get yourself involved in a huge franchise. Just keep doing your stuff. But as we said earlier, one for the studio, one for yourself. So there you well, go.
0: Well, Kevin Smith said it the best when asked him why he did cop out. He said that if you, as a director, can get a good, steady work as a work-for-hire director... You can make more money than writing your
2: own stuff and directing your own stuff. Right. One for the studio, one for yourself. And uh, it's 10 o'clock, so uh, I think that we're show done went for by tonight. Too
0: fast. Yeah, that show went by too yeah. fast. It was like, wrong, what the right?
2: heck?
0: But yeah, we we'll <laughs> uh, doing a recording a special episode Sunday, and tomorrow night is... The Friday the 13th special, me and Fred are going to be doing Freddy vs. Jason. Woo, baby, Did it yeah. age well? Does the new metal still suck as much as it did in 2000? You'll have to tune in and see.
2: <laughs> Do it up, baby. All right, thanks for listening, folks. And everybody have a good
0: time wear your mask get vaccinated and please please take care of yourself because you're not only hurting yourself you're hurting everyone you expose yourself to and the family you left behind that's going to miss your ass and with that yeah and with Mm -hmm. that good night Mm -hmm. farewell See, on the flip side, no end song tonight.